0: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are coming to you on Friday, October 21st, and the playoffs moving along. Brendan, we are inching ever closer to seeing just how intelligently the Cubs spend their offseason
1: budget. And I think it will be pretty intelligent, Corey. We're hearing some rumors already despite the postseason, so I'm looking forward to getting this in ALCS wrapped up, World Series wrapped up, and getting right into
0: it. I'm looking forward to getting this over with because I'm sick of seeing... The former cubs they're all over these playoffs brendan it's it's a little much
1: of all the former cubs i think the one like like it's hard for me to see like i love these guys right but it just reminds me of like everything that once was of all the guys i can like tolerate you darvish the most right how do you mean tolerate well i mean like it it hurts me the least Mm. again i want all these guys to do well and everything but like you know I just I I wish they were Cubs so I kind of want to see you get the most success we had Schwarber and the other guys have success so for me I want to see you do well
0: yeah I mean I I I, I'm I feel like I'm rooting for all of them honestly um but I I don't know nah I mean like I'm, I'm
1: rooting for everyone but like it just it it pains me I can't like I love Rizzo it pains me to, to be reminded of that, like, nonstop, right? It, like, it
0: does, but I can't I can't root against him. I just can't. I'm
1: not rooting against him. I'm just saying, like, you know, of all the guys, like, Rizzo's won a World Series, Schwarber's won a World Series. Darvish has not been there. Like, i rather have Darvish, like, you know, get his well-deserved Was Darvish ring. Darvish
0: there with Texas? I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not up on the Texas Rangers uh, history, but... Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, really, all of them. You know, there's an argument to be made, like of how the Cubs handled it and things like that. Um, you know, I do watch Darvish pitching on this stage and pitching well in these games, and you're like, boy, wonder if there was a time over the last couple years where the Cubs could have used a big time frontline starter, huh? Boy. Yeah, who can well, show up in the maybe playoffs.
1: two more years, bring him back?
0: Right. Uh, so, not going to spend uh, really any more time on that, but I do want to talk today about some of the rumors going around. Obviously, that is kind of where we're at um, as far as the Cubs go. I want to take a look at a report out of Japan and get Brendan's thoughts on a potential addition to the starting rotation there. You and I didn't talk. uh, I know Cody and Ryan and Luke talked about Jose Abreu and that rumor. You and I didn't really talk about that. So maybe we can offer up our opinion, even though uh, that rumor you know, it's a little older, but you know, still out there. Uh, and then yeah. I, I'm, I'm holding Brendan back cause I want to talk about this a little later. Uh, cause I, I, I don't really care about awards like this, Brendan, and I don't think you do either. Uh, but we do have to talk about the gold glove situation. And I, I think I, I can't see Brendan right now, but I, I imagine there's steam coming out of your ears.
1: It's, I just save
0: it for the end
1: because I'll be talking about this for two more hours if we do it yeah, right now.
0: so, um, yeah. yeah. Not good. Not, way, well, not good. yeah. I mean, you know, the- A shame, Yeah, actually. so- Like, actually an embarrassment, On yeah. Thursday, Rawlings, who does the Gold Gloves, puts out who the nominees are in each league yeah, for each
1: position. A fraudulent, a fraudulent. Apparently, a apparently
0: company. so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, they announce three per league per position- um, and at short in the national league, uh, a certain someone was not amongst no. the, it's
1: because, uh, Nico uses Wilson.
0: Is right? that why? Like Rawlings.
1: Yeah. Like, by the way, like Rawlings gloves suck compared to like the Wilson A 2000s. Just saying. That's why Nico was nominated.
0: Okay. Well, I'm hoping that our bosses at CHGO were not working on a Rawlings sponsorship because Brendan, <laughs> Brendan just tanked that. Uh, but Wilson, <laughs> hey, you know, in A2000, yeah. we can promote that pretty easily, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Send me a few yeah, people. we will uh, talk about that decision a little bit. Um, but one thing first before we jump into some of these rumors, just an interesting little, you know, note, I suppose. Uh, the Cubs earlier this week, I think on Wednesday, announced that they were lowering season ticket prices, uh, I think on an average of like 5% or something like that. Um, it's right you know it's it's maybe this doesn't uh matter to a lot of you depending on how many games you go to we'll see how it affects single game tickets they're they're not always uh you know one for one if the season tickets go down then single game tickets go down we'll see how they handle that but i do think it's interesting brendan it's it's quite a decision from a business perspective to have to pretty much publicly admit that you're going backwards on something like this right like there's a lot of things that affect this and there's a lot of things that affect fan interest you and I have talked endlessly about that um but it's just interesting to see the Cubs have to come out and be like hey yeah these are you know and 5.1 is not a lot given like what the cost of his season ticket package costs. but just interesting when you're kind of looking at the whole picture of where this organization's been going and the stuff they've said and this and that, it's just uh, noteworthy. Yeah, I mean, I you know you're a season ticket
1: holder. I'm not myself. I'm not sure if they've had decreases in commitments and they're trying to stabilize their holder base. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a PR thing with the Cubs convention returning this year. They don't want to face the harsh criticisms of high prices and all that. So it's curious. Uh, from my perspective, uh, I imagine it's driven by the Cubs desire to keep their season
0: ticket holder base which i think they've lost a lot of and certainly of that waiting list i you know we've talked about this before but i mean i had friends who put their name on the list a year ago maybe two years ago and they were getting called relentlessly this off season and they're like yeah no right and and you know it's just interesting because like you know as a season ticket holder i would you know kind of like okay like kind of wish you would have done this last year when you, you like, were deliberately not making the team that good, right? Um, you know, because I'm kind of hoping and it makes all the sense in the world for the team to be good this year and for them to put those resources to that. But I, look, you know, it was something that was pretty easy to see, right? Like, I, I'm sure our guy Ryan Herrera can attest to this as he was sitting uh, with a pretty perfect vantage point for this. Like, late in the season, there were not a lot of people at those games, Right, and I think at some point, you know, from a business perspective, whether the team is good or not, like you have to recognize, like, okay, our product doesn't appear to be as hot as it once was. Right, so we have to take that seriously, even if uh, it's a small number.
1: Yeah, I we'll see what they do this off season. You know, it could be a temporary thing. I'm not sure. You've been a season ticket holder for how many years? Like ten years, right? Whatever. It yeah, is. a long time. Do they typically? Do they increase the prices typically on an annual basis? or is I it
0: think like- over the last few years, like during the, you know, 15, 16, 17, that kind of era, it was maybe like small increases year over year. Okay. But it also okay. depends on the seats, you know, like my seats are good, but they're kind of toward the back of one of the lower bowl sections. So I don't think we get mm-hmm. hit as hard as some of the, you know, like I think some of those luxury areas and things like that have completely changed over the years. All right.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they got to start winning games soon or they're going to keep having to
0: decrease. Yeah. I mean, look, I I just, I don't, I don't think this affects any of, you know, I don't think this has anything to do with what they're going to do this off season. I think it's just their, uh, you know, reading of the market and understanding, you know, you've watched two straight seasons in 2021, right. it was only in that second half, but where the attendance dropped off really sharply. And oh, you saw it. Like,
1: I wonder how much that affects advertising around the ballpark. Like, if they charge based on like a predefined number of attendees yeah. in Wrigley, if that has an influence as well. Because they they were down. You know, we talked about this a few times, but they were down by about 20 percent from the Marquee Sports Network viewers from 20. 20- 21, which is a season they also sucked at. So you imagine what the ratings would be like, and the amount of viewers that would come in in a competitive season is, is probably an extra at this point 40%. So, uh, there's a huge incentive to win games, Corey. And that makes me also believe why they're likely going to spend money this offseason. Yeah, I. This can't you and I opinion. have
0: talked before about how, you know, post-2016, everybody kind of captured their white whale, right? They won the World Series. They saw it. They right. spent so much money to do it. They had dreamt their whole life of it. And, you know, after that, it just— that's not there anymore. That draw isn't there anymore. And so I think— uh the office. And again, even if this isn't a super significant decrease in price, I think they clearly saw that, you know, even just uh, putting a better team on the field, like the price is still prohibitive for some people. It just doesn't matter. Um, And you kind of have to find a better balance of that, right? Like more affordable for a family and also appealing to the people who only really want to come if the baseball is good, which it has not been. So um, just an interesting note there. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Kodai Senga, Brendan. There is a report. uh, He is going to pursue MLB free agency. Uh, He is with the SoftBank Hawks in Japan. Uh, He is, I believe, 29 years old. And he has been uh, really good, really successful in Japan for quite some time now. His last season uh, this year... 1.89 ERA in 148 innings, 159 strikeouts, 50 walks, uh, allowed seven home runs, mid-90s fastball. I'll let you get into all the repertoire stuff um, and is going to be represented by the same agency that represents Yu Darvish and, Seiya Suzuki. So, I guess uh, this is not the first time we've heard about Kodai Senga. I think when he first announced or when it first started coming out that he was going to pursue free agency in in MLB, obviously a connection there, right? The Cubs are looking for starting pitching. They're looking for starting pitching that maybe isn't going to be on insane level contracts. Uh, and they, you know, clearly they, they just made a very significant addition in, say, a Suzuki out of Japan. So clearly a market that they are exploring, comfortable in, and as we just saw, successful in, right? They also uh, pursued Shohei Otani very strongly and had one of the better presentations, I think, that was reported in that process. So it makes sense that they would be connected. Uh, the reason I think you and I are talking about it now is, one, it's the off season, and we don't want to talk about... Um, how sad Anthony Rizzo on the Yankees makes us for an hour every week. Uh, but also, we there was a report, uh, I'm I'm reading this over at BleacherNation.com from Brett, uh, a report uh, from Japan linking the Cubs and the Red Sox to Senga. And Brett notes that, mm. you know, it, it's kind of hard to tell because, of course, he's, you know, trying to uh, translate this article, you know, with Google and stuff like that it's It's always hard to tell in these early stages in a situation like this, if there's smoke to that report or if it's just sort of a logical, hey, like you know, a lot of successful uh, Japanese players have gone to the Cubs and Red Sox and their their big markets and and you know it's it's been successful in the past. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense, Brendan. So what are we looking at with Sangha? What type of pitcher would he be? Uh, where might he fit in the cubs rotation what do you, what do you think about this uh, as a potential addition for the cubs offseason
1: the stuff sounds good i think he can be one of many additions a couple additions perhaps to the rotation i i like his stuff if you watch the way he throws the biggest feature that pops out is he has an over the top release point and his fastball sits reportedly in the mid 90s he has touched triple digits before, and the thinking is, although we don't have the data, so this is all said with uh, a little bit of a blind spot, but the report suggest he does have good spin on that four seam. It does carry. That's not surprising given that over-the-top release point, so I like that. And uh, the fact that he has sat in the mid-90s as a starter then that velocity also reportedly does not go down as the game progresses, that suggests stamina and the ability to get through the order a few times, not because of stuff, but because of just stamina, which, which is what you want in a starting pitcher. The secondary stuff he has perhaps needs improvement and optimization, which is where the Cubs pitching infrastructure comes into play. But his biggest secondary offering is a forkball, Corey. Now, is that going to be classified as a forkball in the MLB? I don't know. If you go to StackAss and you filter out every pitch type by forkballs, there has not been a forkball thrown in the last two years. It is a, it is a, iteration of a splitter. And it's perhaps that that pitch is actually a splitter. Um, but that is thrown in the mid 80s. Uh, it has been classified as a fork ball, but I imagine it will be classified as a splitter. That's how he gets his whiffs. That's how his K per nine has been slightly above nine um, in his last year in 148 innings. Then after the splitter, quarry, he has a cutter he has a slider, he has a curveball. he throws his cutter as his uh, third pitch, he throws his slider as his fourth pitch, he throws his curve, albeit somewhat rare as his fifth pitch, and the cutters in the high 80s, the sliders in the mid 80s, the curve in the 70s, and again, just to emphasize that splitter is in the mid 80s, so about a 10 mile per hour differential from his fastball, which is about average for a splitter. So all in all, it looks like he has a diverse repertoire. Uh, he does have, again, over-the-top action, which means that slider, which is the pitch type that generates the most whiffs for secondary pitches. Because of that over-the-top motion, he's not going to have a lot of sweep on that pitch, similar to what you see with Wisniewski slider. It does have some vertical movement to it, but in years past with pitchers who do have those over-the-top release points, there are ways to add more sweep to it. One of the perfect examples is Kershaw, who went from more vertical uh, slider breaker to having slightly more sweep to it. So it is possible that might be one way the Cubs can improve upon that. But the numbers are good. The the command and the walk rate being around three batters per game, um, you know, just being honest, I wish that was a little bit lower. But for the reported price of his services, some have suggested five years, 75, such as the MLB Trade Rumors uh, crew, th- that's a really fair price in today's market that actually might be considered a quote unquote steal. Uh, I-, I actually like the idea of going after and getting pitchers, international pitchers, more than hitters, Corey, to be honest, because you have more data on these guys. So you're, you're able to project these guys with more confidence than hitters. So if the Cubs have an idea that this type of stuff will translate, I am 100% into it. I, I don't think he's going to be that like top-tier ace with his current stuff, but the fact that he does throw mid to upper 90s, sits in the mid 90s, Does have a splitter. I'm curious about that. Does have a few breakers. Curious how that gets improved. It's possible the Cubs see more in him than what he currently has, and maybe he ends up being that top shelf guy. But realistically, you have to expect he'll be like, you know, mid rotation guy cost effective you're not going to give up a lot of resources in the form of draft picks that you normally would get from a free agent signing in the qualifying offer so this seems like an ideal target for the Cubs but for me the hope is you supplement the signing with another starting pitcher I don't think this is the guy to round out that rotation I do think you need some more stability and some more confident projection in signing a bigger free agent or training for someone else
0: yeah that makes sense I think he he just makes a ton of sense you know obviously look anytime a guy comes from a different league you know similar when you promote a guy from the minors right like you have to see how things translate um and we saw uh, you know it i i would guess you know certainly every person is different it's not just going to be apples to apples but i I think you know you would expect the transition as a pitcher to be easier than as a hitter uh because at the end of the day like stuff plays right Uh, versus being a hitter and having to adjust to a completely new type of pitching or or strategy or things like that. Um, But I think you look at the potential kind of deal. It's not crazy, right? And I think he just fits with what the Cubs are looking for. I think if we're going to look at everything through the lens of how they keep saying intelligent spending, right? Like, I think that's what this would be, Um, even if the estimate is sort of close, to what it it ends up being five years, seventy five, right? That is not a you know franchise breaking contract. It's not super long. You know he would finish that when he's around thirty four, um, and that's the type of thing that I think the Cubs are looking for. I I would agree with you that if they're really trying to uh, be successful next year and continue upgrading that rotation, I think you're still looking for you know who's that real true number one and i think you know we saw in that second half that marcus stroman can be that guy um but if you're going for you know eliminating risks and potential for injuries or or, you know adjustments things like that you'd still probably need somebody else added to this rotation to feel like okay yes like let's ride this rotation is solid you've checked all the boxes you've you know cut out margins for error. This rotation is great. And especially if you're signing someone like Senga, you know, you'd want to have room for him to adjust, right? It, just like with when Saya came over and we watched him go through adjustments and succeed in those adjustments, you, you have to allow for that, you know, with somebody coming to a completely different league and moving across the country, you have to account for all of that. Um, it's not to say that you, yeah, you absolutely. expect it to, uh, not work, say worked splendidly, but to put all your eggs, I think in that basket and just expect that transition, like, Oh, he had a, you know, sub two ERA last year. Great. We'll just chalk them up for that. Right. Like, you know, kind of have to see how that goes, but this just, th- this makes a ton of sense. Um, if he talks to you Darvish like Saya did hopefully you continues to say rather nice things about the cubs i would think that Saya would say nice things about the cubs if they go through you know that same agency and and have those conversations about how the process was and how he was treated and how wonderful the fans are at beautiful historic Wrigley Field right um, seems like a no brainer so yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm all in on this. I think this is just one of those deals that makes a lot of sense. And I think also, I don't know what Jed's plan is. We've kind of expected him to maybe trade from the farm system at some point, Brendan. It doesn't have to be for a pitcher. Uh, but I think if you were able to get Senga on a deal like that, 575, you look at who else it's you have flexibility. in your rotation, maybe you go out and get that other guy- via trade and it's not you know Justin Verlander or Jacob deGrom uh, and it's somebody else that you go and acquire via trade but even as I say that though like that feels like a really good mix and fits with what the Cubs want to do right let's say it was Justin Verlander or Jacob deGrom for a year or two years for a ton of money you know a huge AAV deal that is super short front right Around. You get the long-term, hopefully, addition and stability with Sangha, right, for five years or something in that range, probably what it'll be. And I think you look at his stuff and how it plays, you're thinking minimum, right? This guy's a middle of the rotation piece. He's solid, right, over time. Then you go and spend a ton of money just for a year or two years just to try to be competitive in this short window with one of those guys, that feels like a pretty solid way to address the rotation in this offseason. If calling this an obvious deal um, is
1: justifiable, I'm I'm not quite sure that that it is. If it is years, 75, I think that is a relatively team-friendly deal. But looking across to free agents right now, Perhaps some of these guys don't even get a QO extended, and the Cubs rather go and spend less money on a major league starter that has pitched, that may not have the you know pedigree or the the, the hype of of Sangha, but they can get him for a cheaper price with less of a time commitment. That that might be okay too, Corey. I think ultimately whether it's Sangha or someone else in, in a lower tier. They have to improve the top shelf of the staff. They need someone that can be a staple in innings and both stuff. They need a Marcus Stroman equivalent, if not a, a, a greater version of Marcus Stroman, Corey, this is for the playoffs, for innings, for stuff, to reduce the randomness, to reduce the noise and projections. And if it's not in the form of uh, adding stability to the rotation in, in Senga, and it's in the form of going with a with a less commitment and free agency. I probably would be okay with that too. Um, I I just really hope this front office prioritizes a top shelf starter in some way. And it appears as if the path forward to do that is is through a trade. Uh, but as you said, you know maybe Degrom makes sense. He's willing to accept something more upfront. The injury history does scare me a little bit. But if they can reduce some of that variability and have more depth, then maybe it all works out. This is all to say there's so many ways they can, go, they can go about doing this. And the fact is they have stability at the back end of the rotation in their depth. Jed has a lot of flexibility. He's a lot of choices to make. And whether it's Senga or someone else, if if they miss Senga, I don't think it's that end of the world type situation i think there might be an argument where maybe singa isn't a fit Corey, for for this team but i think right now the way it stands it looks as if he is a fit for this team
0: yeah i i think that's fair and you know again like we'll see as this offseason plays out if there are more you know serious connections uh you know whether the the cubs go and and visit to meet with him or he comes stateside to to meet with teams as we've seen players do in the past and we kind of get uh, a read of of what that process is like, and there'll be a little more tangible noise to this. At this point, it, I I, right. I think it's you know maybe just logical connections and teams that are likely to have that interest and make sense as a destination. Uh, but something that I I would put on your radar because it it does make a lot of sense, For and sure. I think at the very least, like the Cubs are going to be doing their due diligence and checking in on what this process is like i i would be yeah, shocked yeah, if we it, found out should. that the Cubs' interest is not legit like i i would almost yeah. guarantee that it is yeah for sure
1: all right quick break here from our sponsors first is shady rays shady rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity substantial durability and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything, they will replace them. Even with that strong of a production program, they still manage to make very high quality shades that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. I have the sandstone polarized shades, kind of this light cream shade. I like it. It's a cool color. And Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can also get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem this only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Second break here from our sponsor, Game Time. I love game game time you can get tickets to sporting events concerts shows the same day you are you know you're getting the best price uh when you go through game time game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score deals the best deals on those events if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could like the 50 yard line court side behind home plate perhaps for playoffs that you want to go to floor seats Bulls are playing well. They won their opener. You want to go see the bulls on the floor. It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. This is created by the fans, for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CEHGO, then you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is buying tickets through Game Time. In the description of this link, join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time map
0: today and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, Brendan. So uh, I, I, I do just want to briefly, before we get to some of this gold glove stuff, I do just want to briefly get your opinion. I, I think we maybe loosely talked about Jose Abreu, uh, but you know, rumors coming out about that. I think Bruce Levine said they're heavily interested. We'll see about that, right? Yeah. Um, but I was a little surprised, I have to say, at some of the discourse uh, when this rumor was going around. And I talked with uh, our, you know, our guy Cody Del Mendo about this uh, when I was in studio the other day, just about how, like, weird I thought some of the reaction was. Because, like, to me, that makes a ton of sense. And it almost, like, they're not, they're not, the same player, right? But it, it's sort of similar to the argument we just kind of talked about. If you're looking at someone like Degrom or Verlander, right? Like there, he, Abreu's not in that caliber. Abreu is great, but he's not in that caliber. But it's it's all just about like the short termness, if that's a word, and I don't think it is, of it all, right? Like Jose Abreu would be coming in for like 2023. And maybe 2023 only, right? So, like, I just didn't, I I wasn't sure what wouldn't make sense about that, right? Like, of course it makes sense. Like, the only reason you would sign him is to try and be more competitive and win the division for like a year. You're not signing him to a six year contract. You're not going to be paying him when he's 40 years old. Like, that's not what this discussion is. No. Well,
1: it seems to fit because of Jed's intention to not wanting to. Uh, commit money long term, right. and his his overall profile too. I I like his overall way of hitting. He's substantially increased his contact rate over the last year from seventy four percent to almost eighty percent, Corey. That's well above league average. And the power sacrifice is not perhaps what it appears to be. Like his isolated power was 141 last year. That is lower than the 220 version in 2021. He did only hit 15 homers, but he played in 157 games. He played in 152 games a year before. And then in the 2019, before the COVID season, 159 games. He's stable and he's getting close to 700 plate appearances every single season. He does not have drastic uh, platoon splits. He does have mild power. And even last season, despite those 15 homers, his expected home run rate was plus three. Like He actually deserved three more home runs. And the way he went about getting his base hits, his BABIP was 350. His weighted on base average was only 361. His expected Expected Wobo is 373. So that Babip, some have suggested, oh, his is too high. He's an older guy. If that were the case, of like, oh, should I be worried about that? Then your expected weighted on base average should also reflect that. Like his value, the way he went about producing runs last year, was not fluky. Like the improvement in contact rate was not fluky. He actually hit balls harder last year. He made more contact on fastballs up in the zone. He hit those fastballs up in the zone harder. One of the issues perhaps was that his launch angle on those pitches was just a little bit lower than what he's showed in years past, but that is suggestive of an intentional change. And he had four wins above replacement last year, Corey. Short-term contract, veteran leader. We've seen what he's been able to do consistently on a year-to-year basis. No severe injury history. I mean, like, this seems to be what you would want and you get a path forward for a more flexible roster if you do want Mervis to get some at-bats right. or Wisdom to get at-bats. I think it's like the ideal situation.
0: Yeah, it just I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. I, you know, you you and I have, and I, I think I talked about this with Cody too, like we floated like, you know, if a certain someone in New York wants to opt out of their contract and come home, I, you know, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Um, well, he may have a QO attached to him though. Right. I so So, you know but like this just makes a a ton of sense like Mervis has been killing it he's been killing it in the Arizona Fall League obviously we talked a ton about his minor league season in 2022 but he hasn't played in Major League Baseball yet right he doesn't even have that long of a professional career as it is just given how everything shook out with the draft and uh, his college career and everything right like so you you want some kind of assurance there, even if you really, as an organization, you really believe in Mervis and want to give him a full-fledged opportunity. Like, I feel like a guy that put up a 137 WRC plus last year is a really solid like option for that. And if you are is a pillow, it's a safety net. Right. And if you are going to let Uh, Wilson leave or if Wilson you know declines the QO and leaves and you don't pursue that you want to replace that offense somewhere and Abreu could play first base he's not you know like the defense there at this point in his career is what it is but you know he's going to hit right and he can DH if Mervis comes up and you start him and he's great cool like, great. That's the ideal outcome. And then Abreu is your DH and a veteran presence to help Mervis get acclimated to first base and hitting and all that other stuff, right? That sounds perfect to me. Um, but it was just, yeah, I, I feel like this makes a ton of sense. Whether the Cubs pursue it, whether that report from Bruce Levine is legit, we'll see as the off season goes on. But, like, he's, you know, he's going to be 36 when next year's season starts. Like, they're not going to sign Well, that, him was to a that was the argument. That was the argument. It got. But that if, was the argument if you're trying it. to spend intelligently and you are not of the belief, which the organization does not seem to be of this belief, that the time to push all the chips in is this moment, right? You look at where some of these prospects are, when they're, you know, how far away they are, it, 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 it's not this moment, but they can win this division. They can put together a roster that can compete in the short term spend intelligently and not mortgage those future years when you do believe you're going to be a bit more loaded in terms of your pipeline and your your resources within the the system of the organization so you need stop gaps right like it doesn't have to be a long-term thing but you when they say intelligent spending what that means is how do we make this team better without totally screwing over, let's say, the 2026 or 25 Chicago Cubs, right? Jose Abreu would have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with those future teams. That money is not going to be a problem when you need to add a free agent supplement to PCA or something like that, right? They're going to have nothing to do with each other. It's just a way to try and be better than you were in 2022 for a year maybe two years and on some of these deals i bet it wouldn't even be that i bet it would be one year or jed's not going to do it so i i think stuff like this makes all the sense in the world it does his contract with the
1: white Sox before it ended this year it was three years 50 million an annual average value of about 17 million i doubt that is aav will go north of like 20 million i i expect it's probably within that 18 million range whether it's over 2 years, 1 year with some type of incentive laden deal and an option. It makes so much sense. And it leaves the big thing for me Corey is it's a difficult balance when you want to compete next year but you have all these prospects coming up and you don't want to, to you know give resources to certain positions and risk losing playing time of your prospects where you end up having a lot of value in those pre-ARP guys. This allows for Jed to accomplish two tasks. One is having stability while also giving some of those guys who could end up being very valuable a, a chance if you commit to first base in a four or five six year deal with someone else you look at Josh Bell for example perhaps he wants a five-year deal well you're kind of saying all right mervis is more expendable he's not going to get that path forward if you otherwise would have signed a brave so th- that's where it makes a lot of sense in the fact that he's not showing age related decline, the power decrease, I don't think is age related because of the improved contact rate in the zone, because of the increased exit velocity, because of the intentional changes he has made. It's an, I don't want to say it's a no brainer, but I'm pretty convinced in
0: my mind this is the best path forward. It, it feels close to a no brainer, right? Like, what's it does. the downside? It doesn't work did for a I, year. Who cares? You know? That's, well, and yeah, there's, not gonna we'll be, to there's not going to be so many... Like, you want them to go out and pursue... If they're going to go and pursue guys in the shortstop market, like Correa or Turner or Bogarts or Swanson, whoever it is, those are long-term plays. You want those guys playing with PCA and winning a championship with guys like PCA and Owen Casey and whoever it is, Right. But not every move is going to be like that, right? It's not all available. You're not the, the, you know, the budget isn't going to be there to do it all at once. And as they've said, they don't feel like they're ready for that at this exact moment. But some of those things you can do now, and they are long term plays. But some of them, this is, this is how you go and do that, right? Like the yeah. short term deals are available, and you bring them in, and you see if you can screw around for a year, right? Like, put together a roster that's good enough to compete in this division, and that's all you're really trying to do. It doesn't have to be more than that. So, like, it doesn't have to be a Abreu at first base, but I think there are going to be guys where it, it does feel like a no-brainer because it helps you win in the—it immediate. just—it fits all of the goals that come out of Jed's mouth, Right? And and that's what we're trying to fit in as people trying to predict this or analyze this or what to expect in terms of this offseason. This is the needle that Jed says he's trying to thread. Here's players that do it. Right, and I think Abreu fits that. I think he fits it really well. And I and I don't think, as you said, like I don't think it takes anything away from Mervis. If Mervis it does get the opportunity to break camp with the team and and get a shot at first base, if he's playing well, they're going to give it to him. They're not going to be like, oh well, we paid Jose Abreu. Like they'll put D- Abreu at DH. You know, they're not, they're not going to do that if it works really well <laughs> for Matt Mervis. That's the ideal outcome. But you and need honestly, a safety net. And if they let's say in the
1: best case scenario, Mervis kills it at the big league level. Like he, you have no choice but to play him every day. And let's say other guys come up and the DH is not as flexible as you thought, you don't have to play a every day. Like you're you're getting the value long term and in the immediate uh season with Mervis if that were to happen. Like that would like Jed, if he were to go sign a first baseman like Josh Bell, if Mervis starts killing it and you, now you have this positional inflexibility with a first baseman, you just spent you know, $80, $100 million on, I imagine Jed does not want to risk that. So you do get so much more financial flexibility, positional flexibility as well, and the cool aspect about Abreu's profile, he's never had one season under 550 plate appearances. Not one season. He is durable. That that first baseman in New York, I don't want to say his name, I'll get sad, but he has experienced back problems over his career, right? So not to you know go down on that path, but with Abreu, you know that there's a strong likelihood he's not going to experience potential elongated durations of injuries because he hasn't had that in, in years past. It makes a lot of sense for your Corey. Uh, quick break here from our sponsor, GameTime. As I said, GameTime is my favorite ticketing site. I actually just used GameTime to get uh, concert tickets, Corey. I was looking around, I see these tickets for like $100, I go on game time, they're like 60% off from what I've seen, and you know that this is going to be the best price available. You can get tickets the same day if you want to go see the Blackhawks play, Corey, you want to go see DeMar DeRozan play for the Bulls, you want to see I O play for the Bulls, you can get tickets the same day, and this app is created by the fans and for the fans, if you love CHEO, then you'll love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description and you can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the Draftbook Sports app, opt in, and place a stepped up same game parlay today with bigger payouts, bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Also, baseball as well. I use DraftKings to bet that second game of the NLCS. Uh, I bet on the Padres' Corey. I ended up winning money because of that. So, this is the app to do it. Download. The DraftKings Sportsbook right now, the app right now, use promo code CHGO, make any $5 bet this weekend and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for those details. All right, Brendan. So
0: the useful qualifier here um, that... You can make of awards like this what you want, right? That being said, I think they're important to the players themselves, these honors. Uh, and, you know, when you look back at players' careers, this is the type of stuff that gets put on graphics and, and you know, made a thing of, right? So we have two, two notes from the Gold Glove announcements uh, on, that came out on Thursday, one is, uh, Brendan is going to rant about in a second here, but let's start with the other one, Brendan, because I think the, the the second one is cool, and I think very deserving, and that is that Ian Happ is a Gold Glove finalist in left field, Um Along with David Peralta and Christian Yelich, I mean, I'm not looking. What is I'm not that? looking at the numbers what right is now, that? but I have watched Christian Yelich play left field, and you I don't know where that's coming from.
1: I can throw a baseball farther than Christian Yelich. Yeah,
0: I, I don't, I, yeah, I. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not looking at his like defensive run saved or anything, but I've, I've seen I can tell it. Tell you, it's minus yeah, four. Corey's minus am, four. Oh, like, so the sucks. metrics are bad too. Yeah, he's. Well, like, I guess he's, duh, sucks. right? Like we've all yeah. watched him play. Uh yeah, he has like a oh an, an arm that's sort of reminiscent of like a boiled noodle of spaghetti, right? <laughs> um so that one's weird. Anyway, it's not about him though. Uh it's about Ian Hap, and we talked maybe a month ago about how how improved he had been and how good those numbers were in the field and this is really this is really cool. I imagine this is something that Hap is is very very proud of. Um I think he's put in a ton of work to get better as a defender and he deserves this honor and I I really hope he wins. Um he he was you know by the metrics he he did deserve this uh, as the season went on it was clear that he deserved to be in this discussion. Uh, and as we talked about with Hap before, like, I, I think it's it's especially cool to see a player rewarded for something like this when, you know, you came into this season and there were questions about Hap, right? Like, what would his offense look like over over the full year after the 2021 season? Could he improve as a defender on, on you know, how he was rated out there before? And like, Hap just at this point in his career seems like the type of guy that identifies things he needs to get better at. He puts in the work and the results continue to show he he gets better at them. So I'm I'm quite happy for Ian. Um I hope that, you know, he he's proud of this because he's gonna win he win deserves it, to be. Yeah, this is really cool for Ian Hap. Yeah. I think he's going to win it. Uh,
1: David Peralta spent half the season in Tampa Bay, so I was confused to see that on there. Christian Jelic uh, looks like a 17-year-old JV baseball player in in left field. Hap deserves it. Uh, You know, his outs above average is plus one. That ranks by left fielders in the National League as – number one, Corey. Uh, another Corey, Corey Dickerson uh, on the Cardinals is tied with Happ, but the other left fielders that have been better than Happ and outs above average are in the American League. Uh, Stephen Kwan, uh, Brandon Marsh in his time in left field. Uh, David Peralta is in the AL now. He finished with plus five, but of those runs saved, a big bulk of those were in Tampa Bay. So, I think he may he may win this and he does deserve it the the amount of work he's put in and what we've heard from him and coaches around and and David Ross specifically this has been a big effort he's had success because of it it's kind of gone perhaps under the radar a bit he progressively got better as the year went on. And I was monitoring that outs above average as the year was going along. And he ultimately finished in the 76th percentile. So that is a big deal. It does speak to his work ethic, the attitude. And for us fans, perhaps the gold glove doesn't matter. But for the players, it is validation. It, it is a big deal for them. It's, it's a milestone. And I hope Pap does get it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also like, obviously, you look at some of these metrics and, you know, how how this is all put together, but I think just from a fan perspective, like you saw those metrics rating Ian really positively, but you also just routinely saw him making plays that... However, you're rating him. It's like that's a really nice play. He got really comfortable. It obviously, plays
1: better than the last you know few seasons. Like you can te- definitely tell he made improvements right. just by watching and
0: him. He he got really comfortable making like those sliding plays toward the right yeah. field or the left field wall. Uh, you know, down the line where at Wrigley it it kind of converges with the the wall, and he got really comfortable making plays ranging toward their sliding and and making really difficult plays uh we also saw him like going into the ivy you know making jumping catches things like that a lot it was really visible to see the improvement that he made um and yeah i i, I hope he wins this one because he deserves it the second one is there a reason and, why you waited to the
1: 50 minute mark to bring this up Corey? because i we know where this is going with shortstop yeah, okay it's uh Are you protecting me or something
0: is that what's going yeah, on yeah kind of thank you i guess Nico Horner, not... Complete bullshit, A gold glove finalist. ha Young Kim of the Padres, Miguel Rojas of the Marlins, and Dansby Swanson of the Braves. No Nico Horner. Yeah, that's bullshit. Nico Horner, second in defensive runs saved, second in outs above average. It's interesting because I'm very happy for Ian Happ, but... At the same time, like, Nico being left off it is one where your reaction is like, oh, well, who cares about these awards, right? <laughs> it's it's a it's a real, like, sort of, uh, you know, 50-50 there, where it's like, oh, my God, Ian Happ got nominated for a gold glove? Good for him, man. That rules. Like, he deserves that so much. Oh, Nico Horner didn't? Oh, well, the awards are stupid anyway, so, like, who cares?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll switch that thinking, and now we'll shift over to this word is stupid. But, like, it, this makes... No sense. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry that there is no logic to leave Nico off the finalist list. Like Dansby Swanson does deserve it from like a metric point of view. He he does deserve it. Like Nico has been great this year, but he doesn't have the numbers that Dansby has. But to not be considered is a slap in the face, especially in the American League. Like Xander Bogarts, I said last podcast. Like of all the shortstop candidates, Xander may make the most sense because of the offensive profile and perhaps the. Uh, ability for him to go to third base or second base. But Xander Bogarts sister Corey rated from shortstop, now it's above average, minus one. Minus one, Corey, from shortstop, minus one. And he's a finalist. Nico, his overall outs above average was 13. Of the 13, Six were from the shortstop position. That's still almost in the ninetieth percentile. A lot of his defensive runs saved, granted, were from the second base hole, but not many shortstops were able to do that in those shifts. And he was able to move around the diamond and adapt at different angles as well. And despite him moving in that shift, still one of the better defenders from shortstop, starting his position at shortstop. In fact, seven runs better, or uh, yeah, seven better than Xander Bogarts. That 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 makes no sense for me and from nico's perspective i i would be i would be pissed uh this stuff does matter for these players, Corey. We talked about talked about how it matters for App and that validation. nico has gone through so many adjustments. He was considered like an afterthought for shortstop for so many years. He got his chance. People were critical of his arm strength. People were critical of his range. And he went out there and he proved everyone wrong. And now you're going to be left off the list, the nominee list, when in the American League, you have Xander Bogarts, who was minus one, Corey. And that 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 is a slap in the face. I don't know who's deciding this, but that that's that's complete and utter bullshit, man. Like that really aggravates me.
0: Yeah, I think part of the process is uh with uh, like players and managers and stuff so it's like a combination of how they reach these things Um, well the process sucks so whatever it is hey i i i get it i knew you were not going to be happy about this but no i mean it it is uh, it, it again it's like you make the exact opposite argument not argument, but, you know, sentiment for what we said about Hap for Horner, right? Like, as you said, like, Nico also would probably be really proud of this. And it's a validation of all the hard work and stuff like that. And he doesn't get that. So that is a bummer, especially when you're looking at uh, the the eye test, the metrics, the advanced metrics, whatever you want to look at, it's like, yeah, no, this should be Nico Horner. Maybe he doesn't win it, right? You can maybe get into that argument. No, but it's just a
1: recognition.
0: like Dan's The B recognition, does, yes.
1: Like, this, make no mistake about it. Like, Dansby deserves this. The numbers were off the charts. It's just the recognition of being included in the conversation. That's important.
0: Yeah, as opposed to being completely left off. Left off. So, yeah, I you know, that's a bummer. I think the thing, though, the takeaway for me on this, though, is that, like— we know Nico deserved it it's a bummer that he doesn't get this recognition it's stupid it is what it is the cooler thing though I I do think is Hap because Hap has just been a guy who has gone through so many like well what is he right where does he fit in the Cubs plans like what should they do with him should they extend him you know there was a conversation I think you know as 2021 was unfolding and he was struggling to begin that season like I remember people writing articles about were they going to non-tender him Right, Oof. and you know, so I think for him to not only have shown what he has shown on offense, but to also make such a significant improvement—I mean, like straight up—if I had told you three years ago, Brendan, that Ian Happ would be a Gold Glove nominee, I would have laughed. That you, no way, you would have believed. I, I, that. I wouldn't have believed you six months ago, right? So I think. That is is my takeaway at least for today. It's it's a bummer for Nico. He deserves it, but we know that, right? And I think as his career goes on, like I I, I don't think this is the last time we'll have a conversation about Nico Horner and fielding related awards or accolades or something like that. But Hap was just not someone I think you expected in the early parts of his career to be in a conversation like this and I think to see someone like that especially, you know, and and Nico was too, but like hap like been in this organization for so long, drafted in this organization has gone through this weird, you know, don't call it a rebuild period that we're in as as kind of one of the remaining faces right of of the last era. It's it's very cool for him to be recognized for something like this, and and as we said, I I hope he wins. I, I, I really I, do. I hope he wins. I hope whoever decided the shortstop have a have a terrible rest of their
1: evening. I hope uh, they they feel sorrow when they look back and realize the opportunity opportunity they miss by not showcasing Nico to the national stage. This is this is a huge loss for the shortstop position. Everyone should be ashamed, Corey, of that.
0: Yeah, I I I do think like any time. You have, and they're different positions, but like you, you know, you're nominating Christian Yelich for a defensive award, but <laughs> not Nico Horner. It's Laughable. like, all right, okay, yeah, I, you know, all right, I'm not going to diminish it too much because I want Ian Happ to be proud well, and he Ian deserves is, to be. Is the but only
1: is the only legitimate guy yes. on this list, right? So everyone right. else yeah. is not
0: just very uh and interesting, and also like on Thursday they roll it out, they they tweet one league and one position for the nominees like every five minutes so this was like a 90 minute process on makes Twitter, no sense like waiting just for the nominees and it would be like okay you know 1205 here's the nl shortstop then nothing until 1210 yeah. okay here's the al shortstop it, and I'm, not, I'm like what is what is in between production? all their just show the list
1: in between all their afternoon playoff games that half the country can't watch as well you know great way to to market
0: the sport over here Right. Yes. Uh, <sighs> notoriously great about all of that. Um, all right. So last thing, Brendan, uh, you're going to yell at me for this, but I did get a message from our guys, Ryan and Luke, and okay. they do want me to ask this. I'm going to ask this in as as appropriate of a way as I can, because it's the end of the podcast. so I can get away with it. There's nothing you can do about it now. You keep doing this to me. Like every one of these like sensitive topics I'm trying are to be a good teammate. Our guys, Ryan, Luke, and Cody, were on on Thursday. They're doing their, they have been for the last uh, couple weeks going through their report cards for guys. And on Thursday, they did Kyle Hendricks uh, and they also did fan favorite Jonathan VR. (laughs) That's not what you're going to yell at me about. It gets (laughs) worse. I'm not going to say the other name, but you're going to know what it is. So Luke asked to ask you. If, if Nico's career was on the line, and for a day you had to play Jonathan VR or another second baseman who I'm not going to mention because you know who it is, and I'm not going to say it, and you had to play one, you had to put one in the lineup. Which one are you picking?
1: What what kind of question is this? Well, I need I'm going to have to talk to Luke for this podcast, Corey. This is this is an absurd question. Like I think they're getting the reaction out of you. I mean, wanted. this is <laughs> like. I, i'm i am so i am so mad right now Corey. i'm i'm legitimately taking my phone up and, and texting luke right now this, this, this there, is ridiculous if, if there
0: was a set for you to storm off of <laughs> it would be You would be i doing may quit it.
1: this yeah. may be my last podcast well ever. i think
0: it i think it came up because i think all three of them gave jonathan vr just straight f's i think i saw some f minuses which i wasn't even sure was a thing I
1: don't even on, want my uh, name associated with with voluntarily choosing yeah. for one of these guys. Like, this 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 is, is, is going to be taken out of context. Like, I I can't verbalize it. I can't. But I, I have to. I, I, I didn't guess.
0: say the other guy's name. I told you we weren't going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to do that. To well, not, I don't want to either. The, all right. But, well, you know,
1: let's, I'm not. I'm not going to say. I, any I think. Of their names. I,
0: I think, and you know, and part of the discussion came up because as we were rating some of these guys, especially when we talked about Madrigal um, the other day. Um, You know, you're like trying to figure out like where to grade some of these guys, and with Madrigal, like obviously, I was not. I don't think any of us were particularly pleased with his season, but I was like, well, can I really give him an F? Because like VR is an F, Simmons is an F, like that's an F. I'm not sure like Madrigal falls in that category. No, Um, and you know they have to give everybody a grade, so they have to do Jonathan VR. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick that
1: particular player. That you just named over the other <laughs> one that also you didn't name
0: i'll pick that particular player how about that okay is that okay Great. Uh, sure okay. yeah look, i gave you my I, answer they look they they wanted me to you know they wanted me i to mean ask, it's, it's so.
1: absurd like i i am going to message them right, right after this like that's not it's not it's not healthy for anyone
0: <laughs> yeah well um hey there you go i i would assume that'll be the last time we ever talk about Jonathan. I mean, Beard it better be, podcast,
1: but, like it's a so. long off season. I'm a little upset right now, so it better be.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens when the Cubs get. It. Look, th- this is another reason for the Cubs to spend in this off season because when they don't play in October, podcasters all across the world, but uh, especially here at CHGO. That we have to we have to find something to talk about, and uh, that's this is where this has led us. Right, instead of talking about the Cubs being in a playoff game, we're giving F's to Jonathan VR. So you know, as long as Jed yeah. Hoyer can sleep at night, you know, uh, that's that's really what this comes down to. I would Don't think never say any he of those names on this podcast to. ever again. Yeah.
1: That's it. We're done.
0: Yeah, we should. Uh, well, next time I go into the CHGO studio, maybe we'll make a like a little you know cute little poster board that has like the forbidden names on it you know it better be do not say the do not say list i mean we're Um, giving this more attention than i even want to right now so we're an hour in it's fine
1: yeah
0: um but i think that is all that we have for you Uh, you know uh, we've only got a couple weeks left here of this postseason you're going to finish up these championship series and then get to the world series and you know, then hopefully we hit the ground running here. So I think, uh, you know, for Cody, Luke, and Ryan, you know, they'll continue to give out those grades and uh, be with you every day, Monday through Thursday. Uh, They are doing the 120 shows, uh, obviously a significant number in the Chicago Cubs world. And then Brendan and I will continue to be here on Fridays. And, you know, uh, I I think um, sort of just depends... What goes on with the Cubs? You know, I think for this week we had uh, a few, you know, interesting rumors. We'll see how substantial they are or how much, uh, you know, truth there is to some of them as this process comes out. And, you know, of course, uh, we do get into award season and things like that. And, you know, so definitely some stuff to discuss. But uh, I say all that just to reiterate that I think as time ticks away here, uh, some of this stuff should really heat up. So I was glad that we got to get a, a little bit of a scouting report on on someone like Sanga from Brendan um you know and we'll continue to talk about some of the guys that come up uh just because when this process does start i i think we're all hoping the cubs are hitting it hot and hitting it fast right like so it's it's good to just have kind of an idea on all of this and where these guys fit and um how we all feel of it maybe in advance uh but That is where we are. Brendan and I will talk to you again on Friday. Uh, As always, we appreciate your support for CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast and your support for all of our sponsors, like our presenting sponsor, DraftKings. Be sure to use code CHGO when you download and sign up with DraftKings. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Cubs.